And now, broadcasting 20 minutes a day, 365 days a year, all Packers, all the time, this is the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pack-A-Day Podcast. My name is Mike Wendland, along with me, Tyler Grizzagork, as we bring you another position preview here for the Pack-A-Day crew. Today, we take focus on the defensive line with training camp just around the corner. Packers, nine defensive linemen on the roster right now, five or so expected to make it, and this could be the most talented part of the team that's not quarterback. Uh, completing from top to bottom, there is no one on the defense that can compare to the front three or four, depending on which system Mike Patton will like to run. Yeah, it's a very exciting group to analyze and to hopefully see take the field in 2018. I can't wait to watch these guys take the field and wreck opposing offensive lines. Absolutely. And, and so with these preview, I figured we'd just go player by player. There's only nine guys, so it shouldn't be too long. We'll focus on their strengths, what they can do better, and where they stand on the pecking order. We'll get started right at the very top. A pro bowler an all-pro potential guy, and the heart and soul of this squad, Mike Daniels, will lead it off for us. The Iowa product, in the prime of his career, he is an elite defensive lineman, even though the stats may not always show it. You may not find another lineman better in the NFC North than Mr. Daniels. Uh, Definitely not in the NFC North. I mean, he might be one of the top two or three defensive linemen in the entire NFC once you factor in Dominic Sue and Aaron Donald over in Los Angeles. You know, sadly, they're on the same line. However, he, he just provides so much intangible value to this defense, aside from what he actually does on the football field. Like you mentioned, he's the leader of this defense. Last year, he took a step forward and became a vocal leader, and in a guy who provided a jolt of energy when this unit needed it. Absolutely, and you look at what he can do either over guard, over tackle, even at a no spot. And if for everyone who is listening, if you get a chance, go check out the game pass that he did when he broke down film. That is absolutely exceptional. Breaking out what he did uh, from the Falcons game a couple years ago, he br- he shows everything a defensive lineman could do, whether it's making the play or not, just causing disruption. His his leverage, his power, and his just his reckless abandon for anything that is in front of him makes him the perfect guy to see what Mike Penton can get out of him. He could have a Muhammad Wilkerson, Sheldon Richardson a couple years ago type season this year. Yeah, and the way he described. Uh, you know, reading the offensive linemen and the running backs and just, you know, diagnosing the play beforehand, being able to put himself in a key position to stop the play. It was probably, I would say, one of the most elite descriptions I've heard. I've not heard any other defensive lineman ever talk like the way that he talks about diagnosing plays at that position. Absolutely. And luckily, he's not even the only elite lineman on the team. You move over to the guy who's going to be lining up next to him for most of the season, a third year man out of UCLA. He made a big jump last year. Kenny Clark is on his way to being one of the elite defensive tackles in the league. And only at age 23, he could be even better as the season goes on. Yeah, I remember when Ted Thompson drafted Kenny Clark. I was like, what the heck is this guy doing? Who's Kenny Clark? And granted, this is before I got into, you know, all this film analysis and breaking down players and scouting even. But I was just like, who is this guy? What is Ted Thompson doing? Is is he just spending a top 20 pick on this guy because he's simply 20 years old? But it it appears to have turned out for the better. Absolutely. I did a mock draft as well for one of the websites I read for at that time. I had him going to the Packers, but in round three, I had Reggie Ragland going first first round for the Packers. Luckily, I now look like an idiot, and Kenny's become one of the better players from that draft class. And you talk about a guy like Mike Daniels who uses his leverage and a wrestling background to really hold his own at the point of attack. 
he held, he holds double teams so well, and he found a pass rush late in the year last year to the point where he could be a six, seven, a sack a year guy. Yeah, I think I definitely think that he could put up six or seven sacks a year. I don't think that that's a far-fetched conclusion at all. And one thing that he and Daniels both do well is they both they both extend their arms very well into their opposing blocker, and they keep their eyes in the backfield. So they're never they're almost never taken out of a play by a play action or by a counter or any other kind of you know misdirection that might be given by the offense. Absolutely, that was one of the most uh, elite plays I saw by any defender last year in Green Bay. Was I can't remember who they were playing, but Kenny read screen and he was able to chase down the running back for either an incompletion or a very short gain. And for a guy that's 325-plus pounds, that shows such good athleticism and such great ability, especially for a young guy. Yeah, I actually remember exactly the play you're talking about, and you're exactly right. To see him chase down that screen, it was incredibly impressive. And I actually remember during the game exclaiming, it was an amazing play. I, I just couldn't believe that a player of his stature made that type of play. Absolutely. And and so as we move on to the next guy, we talked. I talked about how he could have a year like Mike Daniels could be expected to have this year. Now he's his teammate, Muhammad Wilkerson, former Jet, knows Mike Pettin and had his best years under Pettin with the Jets. He had he has some concerns with his with his effort maybe and maybe whether he's maybe past what he could what he was with coming out of Temple. But if he can rediscover what made him great with his prove it contract, this could be a absolutely filthy dominant defensive line with those three yeah now there's a guy who knows how to unlock Muhammad Wilkerson's ability and you know motivate him it's Mike Pettin and I'm very excited to see him team up with Clark and Daniels where Wilkerson doesn't have to be the guy now the last couple of years in New York he didn't have to necessarily be the guy but you know he's always had some kind of help along that offensive or the, I'm sorry the, the defensive front and he is you know, he is a guy who can change a game all by himself. So putting him along with two other game changers on that defensive line, it's going to be incredibly fun to watch. Absolutely. A guy, a double-digit sack guy just a couple years ago. The new con- that big contract he got didn't help, but now that he's moving over to the NFC North where he's got to compete against not Tom Brady twice a year, should really help him a lot. Yeah, and, you know, when you watch this film, it almost appeared as though he didn't want to be there anymore. Sometimes he was just not really... It didn't appear as though he was giving his full effort. I don't want to speak for him and say that he wasn't. But when you watch the tape, it, you can see what you know the coaching staff was talking about, and you could easily see why his his decline in play was there. Absolutely. So those are your starting three if they do a base 3-4. If they do a Mike Patton's talk about and do a lot of hybrid looks, we're going to see a lot of more of Dean Lowry on the field as, the, as that other defensive end position. Lowry had a quiet breakout season last year out of Northwestern in his second year. He's got the height, he's got the leverage, and, he, and he's an incredibly intelligent guy, including making probably the most exciting play of the defense last year with his pick six in Tampa. Yeah, that was definitely a play that had me up uh, hooting and hollering. But Dean Lowry is another guy who could have even more of a breakout campaign this year. You know, it might be a little bit tougher because now there's probably going to be a little bit less snaps going his way. However, I feel like if you know, he's progressing through camp and he's progressing through the preseason, I don't see a reason why he won't get his fair share of snaps to make an impact on this defense. Absolutely, and I'm not sure what his role is going to be, but the way he's developed and also his draft pedigree reminds me a lot of what Aaron Campman was like all those years ago. Late-round pick, Big Ten guy, blue-collar guy, for using that cliche. He He's limited pass rush, but he brings the effort every play, and he's got a knack for knocking down passes. Yeah, and you mentioned the effort. There's always room on a team for a guy who's going to provide superior effort on every play. Maximum hustle, maximum effort. There's always a room. There's always room on a unit for a guy like that. Absolutely, and then so we go a little bit deeper into the bench. We get to a guy who basically had a red shirt last year. 
came in with a lot of hype, was a top high school prospect going into the SEC out of Auburn, Montrevious Adams. He had the foot injury last year early in camp, so he couldn't go on PUP. They had to keep him on the active roster for a while, and he really only saw just a very minuscule snaps when he was even active. Hopefully he'll be able to break out this year. He did draw a lot of rays from guys like Mike Daniels last season for his quickness and his ability to kind of jump the gap. Yeah, and another thing that you didn't mention is apparently he's been a film buff. He's just been in the film room, you know, 24-7, learning the learning the playbook, learning the NFL game, and he's received rave reviews, as you've mentioned, from fellow players in that regard. And I'm very excited to see what he can do with an actual year of NFL studying and strengthening conditioning under his belt and to see what, you know, I don't anticipate too much from him this year, but I think we're going to get a flash of what we will be able to finally expect from him this year. Absolutely, and even going back, just looking back to last year when he was drafted, he was one of the feel-good stories of the draft, getting the call in the hospital room when his first son was just born. So it was always kind of good to see how that's changed him and how that helped him, and he's become the ultimate professional already just in just his second season. Yeah, it's definitely very intriguing to see that he's already got a good head on his shoulders, and that's just going to go a long way for him. He's only 23 years old, coming into his second season. So Absolutely, and so as we continue down the roster, we get to the probably the last guy I think has a legitimate shot at the roster, uh, one of the late draft picks this year, and that's James Looney from California. A guy a little bit undersized if they want to do a 3-4 system, but he provides a little bit of quick twitch, a little bit of well-rounded play. He's a solid run stopper, an average pass rusher. He could be a guy to keep an eye on in the next couple years, even if he has to spend a practice squad season. Yeah, he's probably going to be stuck at defensive end, but I I agree. I'm not really sure what kind of a role he plays. Uh, it depends on what kind of direction they want to take with him. He could. He's kind of an in-between stage right now. He could lose some weight. He, he could pick up some weight. They may have to carve out a role for him. It's really, it's really a big question mark for me as to how they're going to use him. But, you know, they obviously saw something in him, and that's why they drafted him this year. Absolutely. He kind of profiles to me as like a Mike Neal type or a Dayton Jones. He's got good strength, and he knows how to use it. But he's a guy who couldn't quite carve out a role in Cal even, just kind of as that that kind of in-between guy who never really stood out, but you always saw him on the tape. Yeah, and, you know, before Dom Capers departed, I would have said that he could have been a perfect fit as the elephant role in this team before they got rid of that. I don't know if that position is still going to exist anymore. I mean, that would be something, that's the kind of role that I would expect him to play. Like, that's what he's like best suited for physically. But we'll see what happens with him during training camp in the preseason. Absolutely. And as we continue on the roster, we get three more guys left, two undrafted rookies and a free agent pickup they just brought in. We'll start with the free agent pickup. That's going to be Joey Embu, who came in a little bit later, just about a month ago. Guy who the team has been keeping an eye on for a long time before finally getting a chance to sign him. Spent some time with Indy, I think. Spent some time with Atlanta as well. A guy who's a big-time effort guy but he might be stuck in a numbers game. Yeah, and he's going to be the kind of guy, he's going to be a very situational um, very situational usage. He is a nose tackle type player, almost a traditional nose tackle. He's going to be in there just to eat up blocks and not be moved, and that would be his role in this defense. Absolutely, and they have another one of those guys just like that in Tyler Lancaster, a former teammate of Dean Lowry's with the Northwestern Wildcats, a guy who's a true nose tackle. He, he'll be a two-down player if he makes an NFL roster. But there's never a shortage of guys like that. Even if it's not in Green Bay, he'll probably be able to find a role somewhere in this league. Yeah, especially in situations like goal line, you know, goal line yardage situations, you can never have too many big bodies to throw in there. However, like you said, he's a two-down guy. I don't know if there's a currently a role for him this year. Just due to the depth in front of him, I think that they might use that sixth spot to take a flyer on somebody. Um, who that might be, might be James Looney. 
However, I think a practice squad role is much more realistic for a guy like Tyler Lancaster. Absolutely. And, and even if it knows me, it doesn't mean anything. If you ever read the insider inbox on Packers.com, he was a name brought up to keep an eye on during camp by one of the Packers beat writers, Wes Hodkowitz. So you never know this. They know a little bit more than we do when it comes to this stuff. Mm-hmm. So you never know once camp starts, if he could start standing out on those one-on-one drills. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, it's it's far too early to tell right now who the hot shots are going to be in training camp in the preseason. We'll know a lot more in the coming weeks here um, what these guys are going to look like as far as having a role on this team. Absolutely. And then as we look last but not least among the defensive linemen, another undrafted rookie, close to my heart, a Wisconsin Badger, Connor Sheehy. Got one of the bigger bonuses of the undrafted class. Got a, almost a guaranteed deal for training camp, so at least his bonus should be there. A guy who's the ultimate effort guy. The numbers will not impress you during his tenure under Dave Aranda and then Justin Wilcox and then Jim Leonard and so on and so forth. But he's always been that guy who's always there. He's always going to be accessible, available to this team. He never really got hurt. And he was a guy who, again, a blue collar player, a guy who really was that big 10 mold. Yeah. Just think Dean Lowry. He's another Dean Lowry and the Packers have shown uh, to love these guys in the past He's just a couple inches shorter, but they're basically the same build as far as that. So he's just another Dean Lowry bringing on another hustle guy into camp and putting him in situations, hopefully, to make plays. Absolutely. So when you look at this roster, it kind of breaks down. You have the three studs in Daniels, Clark, and Wilkerson. Lowry is going to be that fourth guy. He's going to bring in a lot of hustle and effort. Adams, still kind of a wild card. He's uh, not quite a lottery ticket, but he's he could be a guy who they can look for to break out in situations later this year. Then you have Looney, Lancaster, Embu, and Sheehy, kind of the wild cards, the guys who are going to be fighting for that last spot, uh, not only in the defensive line, but on the roster. So special teams could be huge for those guys as well. But either way, when it comes to the depth, this team has, a, has a, this is the best spot probably on the defense for the depth of this roster from top to bottom. Oh, I 100% agree. I mean, when you look at other positions like corner, like they're really deep as far as youth now. However, they're not deep in quality and youth. This group is young. I mean, relatively young, considering a defensive lineman, you can play past age 30. I mean, Mike Daniels is 29. I think he's the oldest member of this unit. The rest of the group is younger than him, and there's a lot to like behind him. Absolutely. So if as we close things out here, Tyler, what do you think is going to be the one thing to keep an eye on for this defensive line during camp? Uh, I personally am going to be looking as to how Mike Patton is going to deploy them. Uh, there's a lot of questions from various outlets uh how this group is going to be used as far as stopping the run rushing from the interior you know i want to see how mike Patton is going to come out and package these guys together to get the most out of this unit as well as you know some of the other units on this team like linebackers specifically and the edge group you know i want to see who he's going to favor in certain situations how he's you know, what kind of personnel he's going to put together so that we can see how these guys might be working together uh, in the next season. Absolutely. I agree with you 100% on that thing. I wonder, I want to see how he's going to deploy these guys, especially when it comes to the pass rush, because in years past, really only Mike Daniels has gotten the extensive time as that go-to pass rusher. And even when he was younger, he they didn't really give him too much, too many opportunities on those third downs. But can, will we see Kenny Clark to have that two-gap role? Will we see Muhammad Wilkerson be able to jump the guard and center Will we see Dean Lowry deep on the edge or running on a way wide on the tackle like we saw like with Nick Perry all, uh, over the last few years? This team, there's so many different variables and how they can deploy these guys, and it's a good testament to also the depth that they have and the talent among those top five. 
Yeah, I very much agree with that. I mean, I think what we ultimately will end up seeing throughout most of the season is you're going to have Mike Daniels. This is in passing situations. You'll have Mike Daniels and Muhammad Wilkerson as your outside rushers or even on the inside of the tackle. And then you got Kenny Clark holding up that two gap, like you mentioned. I think that's going to be this team's best pass rushing uh, formation. And then you want to throw Clay Matthews, Nick Perry, Vince Beagle, those other guys in there on the outside. Absolutely. So as we close things out, the defensive line, as good as it gets in Green Bay for a very long time, one of the best in the NFC North or the NFC and even the NFL. So for Tyler Grizzagorg, this is Mike Lundland. So Tyler, where can we find you on social media and what are you writing for? So I actually currently write for the Lombardi Avenue, which is a Green Bay Packers affiliate of Fansided. And then you can find me on Twitter. Uh, I'm always posting stuff on there uh, at Tyler underscore Grez. That's T-Y-L-E-R underscore G-R-E-Z. Absolutely. And you guys always can find me on Twitter at Mike Wendland, no spaces, uh, M-I-K-E-W-E-N-D-L-A-N-D-T. You can li- you can read some of my writings on PackersTalk.com, uh, as well as for Dairyland Express, which is another fan-sided affiliate covering everything Wisconsin sports, Packers, Brewers, Badgers, and Bucks. And also, again, here on the Pack-A-Day podcast, every day, 365 days a year, we have a great team around us. We'll be doing every other Saturday for the next year or plus, however long as they they tolerate us and keep us on the air. So for Tyler Grezegor, this is Mike Wendland talking to you guys. Until next time, right here on the Pack-A-Day podcast, enjoy. Enjoy.